I gotta get it going. Shout out to all my New Yorkers. New York, that was a wonderful performance. 40 to zero. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for letting us come into y'all stadium and absolutely bulldoze y'all's ass. Now, this is not for the uh, the Jets fans. For the Jets fans, my condolences to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, obviously, he didn't die or anything, but uh, that's a horrible thing to happen. I'm glad you guys ended up winning he that basically game. basically died. Yeah, basically died. I'm, I'm glad you guys ended up winning that game. But as for those Giants fans, those Giants fans that, that love to talk and really thought that this year was going to be any different, it's not. It's going to be the same thing every single year with you guys. You guys think that y'all have a chance against us? And y'all can't beat us. We own y'all. So uh, I thought I just wanted to to come out here, talk a little crap because the Cowboys had a really good performance. But yeah, I mean, guys, welcome. Week two, NFL. What a week one. What a terrible week one for me. I mean, uh, person, would you go in your game picks this week? I went nine and seven, but it felt a lot worse than that. Eight and eight. You went eight and eight? Yeah, eight and eight. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's not terrible, but if, it just feels so much worse when you get games that you thought you should have got. Like Minnesota, I, I got a little worried at that Jacksonville game for a second. There's just a lot of games I'm like, and then Philly too. I'm like, man, I'm about to get this Philly pick wrong too. Uh, glad the Jets pulled for us yesterday. That was good. We all ended up sticking with the Jets. Glad you had the best week, eleven and eleven and six, man. Congratulations, that was pretty good. I'll give myself credit for that Lions pick. I sounded confident on the podcast. Did not have all the confidence in the world. Um, you stuck with it though. I, I did, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I heard no Travis Kelsey, no Chris Jones. Like, the Lions are a good team. They can do this. So, glad it worked out. Yeah, well, you guys know how week two always works. Week two, uh, well, it's not Monday, but, you know, they call it overreaction Monday for a reason. So, we're probably going to be overreacting a little bit on this podcast, which is a good thing. I mean, I, I, that's what you got to do. You got to, you know, everything is all fresh, and you, you just got to overreact to everything. So, we're going to do our best to overreact as much as we can. And also not overreact too much, too, because it was only week one. So, uh, Preston, how was your Sunday, man? How did you enjoy some of these games, despite the record? I mean, I was doing great up until the Chargers game. Excuse my language. It's all right, man. Let it out. It's a safe place here. It's going to be a long season. We're going to put up points. We're going we're to have play great in the first half. And we're just going to lose in the fourth quarter. There's, that's just how it's going to be all season. We're easily going to be one of the most overrated, overhyped teams and you know we're we're gonna settle at a at a freaking eight nine nine and eight record. Uh, that's where we're headed. I saw a stat today. Um, I was actually listening to the the Cowherd show. And he, I know he I know exactly what you're gonna say because I was gonna bring yeah. it up. Yep. Last two games, seven takeaways, zero turnovers, zero oh and two. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was gonna mention that, Gledo. I'm glad you brought it up. That's that's coaching. If if I would have told you those games. Preston, going into those games, that you guys were going to have seven takeaways in two games and not have a single turnover, would you have said that you would win both of those games? Yes. Exactly. So there's really, honestly, no excuse for that. Uh, now, the Jacksonville game is a whole different conversation that we've had before. But yeah, man, I, I, I feel sorry for you guys. I hope you guys have a good season because I really do think that um, you guys are have a lot of talent. People talk so highly of Justin Herbert, uh, not not just really because of how talented he is, but really like what he's done in the first three years of, of his career. I mean, because it's not that he hasn't won anything. He hasn't done anything crazy. But you look at the numbers he puts up. You know, I think in the last three years, he has scored the most points out of like any quarterback in their first three years. 
But you look at the opposite end, their defense has also given up the most points. So it's really kind of been an outlier for him. And that's what I really feel bad. I don't feel bad necessarily for the Chargers organization, uh, but I, I feel bad for somebody like Justin Herbert, who who shows up to work every day, who puts in, you know, who puts in the grind every single offseason and goes out there and can put up nearly 30 to 40 points a game. But his defense just, you know, his defense will either give it up or he'll be in the game late and Brandon Staley will find a way to ruin it. And that was another case on Sunday. Can I pose a question for you guys? Yes, go ahead. Should any team in the NFL ever go press man-to-man coverage against the Dolphins? No. Now, <laughs> not when Tyreek Hill has 200 yards on you. What, what right. if it's like, what if it's an all-pro defense and you have the best corners in the league, best safeties in the league? Should you go press man-to-man against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? No. Tyreek's still going to get his yards. I mean, that, you know. <laughs> Bro had over 200 yards and two touchdowns. No, he makes Tua's life so much easier. Now, Jalen Phillips did come up clutch at the end of that game. I'll give I'll give Miami credit in that sense, but no, yeah, definitely had had y'all's missed opportunities, especially I mean before the half, Preston. You guys gave up you guys gave up that pass interference where uh, J.C. Jackson literally all he had to do was just not make contact because Tua was not going to get that ball in the end zone. He was not. He literally just threw it up because it was the last play of the of the half. He just threw it up. And J.C. Jackson just had to push the dude. And it was, you know, right there, spot of the foul, pass interference, easy field goal. That's get, that's a game changer right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, just plays yeah. like that. Well, I think it's just, you know, Brandon Staley's tried to create, like, a, a very, like, aggressive mindset, which is good to a certain extent. Like, he, he just, come on, bro, you just got to have some common sense sometimes. Like, common sense, just discipline. Like you've gotten the team this far. All you guys got to do is just be disciplined at this point. Be disciplined and make the right calls at the right times during the game. Like it's just, he he just does not know how to manage a game whatsoever. It's always just like score, 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 stop, 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 stop. No, you got to make key plays and key moments in order to control the momentum of the game. Yeah, I, I, you know, a positive that I saw in that game, Preston, by watching it. I mean, and I, I was telling you guys, I picked Miami in that, in that game, and, you know, the game actually went exactly how I, was, I thought it was going to go. I thought both defenses were going to be able to stop each other. I thought we would have saw some scoring, and we, we indeed saw some scoring. Uh, but I, I think what a, you know, a positive takeaway from the Chargers, you got your guys' offensive line looked really good. Your offensive line looked really good, and the receiving core looked really good. Uh, Justin Herbert looked really good. I thought I would have saw a little bit more from y'all's pass rush, though. I, I thought Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa would have been able to get a little bit more pressure on Tua. Oh, yeah, they um, didn't play well. Um, yeah. Kenneth Curry played absolutely terrible. Yeah, and it's and it's especially with uh, Teron Armstead out. And that's that's what I was concerned about because I was saying that Dolphins' biggest concern this year is their offensive line is really sus outside of Teron Armstead. And then when I found out he was going to be playing, I was thinking about changing my pick because of my own oh, man, like, Week one, the pass rush of Khalil Mack, you know, Joey Bosa, these guys are just going to be able to get to Tua. And that wasn't and the case. Probably, and that's probably what they were banking on, why they were going man-to-man coverage. And you got to give the Dolphins credit for their O-line credit for holding up. Mm-hmm. I was impressed. I mean, because I'm really concerned about that offensive line. And when you don't have your best guy out there, I mean, that that begs a question. So I got really lucky with that pick. But man, I, get, I guess it's on to week two. Uh Preston, I'm going to go ahead and, and set a little timer here so we don't get you know too off topic. I set a timer for 10 minutes so we can spend this next 10 minutes just kind of talking about this Aaron Rodgers injury and kind of what it means for the Jets because 
Uh, I go ahead. I guess we'll start with you. You know, when you see something like that happen, right? Obviously, it's a it's a game changer. It's a season changer. But what are you really going to miss about this whole Aaron Rodgers Jets story? Because I mean, you look at this and you're like, man, like they had so much pressure, so much high expectations, and now just like that, season could be over. I mean, I just think the the look on Robert Sala's face just kind of said it all, right? I mean, you know, I I didn't think it was that bad. I remember. Um, you see him down, he's kind of hobbling off the field. You're like, okay, he'll, he'll be out for a series, couple series. I thought it was an ankle at first. I, I didn't I didn't hear, you know, I, I was kind of half listening to the broadcast. So they may have said Achilles early on, but I, I didn't hear anything like that. Um, but, I mean, then you hear he's out for the game. It's like, okay, well, maybe it's still like he pulled it maybe. It, again, it didn't look too serious. He didn't have any crazy reaction that this was something that, that was going to, you know, have him out for the season. And then... Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a tough one to bounce back from for this team. Just, you know, because he, he's been so committed to this team during the offseason. Just, you know, everything, just going to all these events, hanging out with, with Sauce Gardner and, and you know, Brees Hall and, and get, getting with these guys. And and then and then almost the rest of the game, you see, like, how how well the Jets' defense is doing and how well, you know, how good Brees Hall looks. You know, that, that play that Garrett Wilson make, and, and, you're, and you're thinking, like, oh, man, like, that almost had to hurt worse for Jets fans because you're, you're thinking like, oh, we, we could have had all of this going for us and healthy Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, the, the questions were all season, like, could this offensive line hold up? And, you know, I, I don't want to blame the offensive line for what happened on that play necessarily. I mean, it, you know, but that was the question. I mean, you know, and, and having the expectation that a, a 39, 40-year-old quarterback could, could stay healthy the whole year. I mean, that I think with this old line, you know, it, it might might be a little unrealistic, even even though Aaron Rodgers has been pretty healthy throughout his career. So props to the team for bouncing back the way they did. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I thought it was over for them. But that defense came to play. Um, embarrassing performance for Josh Allen. Josh Allen, really, really embarrassing. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, you know, props to the Jets, man, for coming back. It was a really exciting game. Um, probably, I, I don't know, if it might have been, the, I would say the game of the week, honestly, the way, way it turned out and just the drama at the end of that one. But, yeah. Yeah, I'll give my thoughts on it and then I'll, I'll give it over to Preston. But man, just, I think the Jets are just cursed. I, I really do. I mean, you you kind of look back at the last, I mean, they, they have the longest active drought, you know, being out of the playoffs. They haven't made it since by the Mark Sanchez AFC Championship days. And it, it just seemed like that this year was being set up so perfectly for them. And I, and I know Preston was saying that, you know, he was afraid that there was so much pressure on them and, you know, all this hard knocks and Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming into town and, you know, Jets fans having this high expectations, but we never thought that something like this would happen. And especially so soon. And just in a matter of, you know, exactly 75 seconds, 75 seconds, four plays. That's all it was for Aaron Rodgers tenure with the New York Jets this year. 75 seconds, four plays. Didn't even get to break a sweat out there. And, you know, when I, when you go to a, an injury like the Achilles injury, it, it's hard to come back from, from any athlete, but it's harder when you're 40 years old and, and you're at that point in your career, and especially with Aaron Rodgers, who's been through a lot of injuries. But it's just, it's it's devastating to go through something like that because not only did you lose your star quarterback, but you, you lost all the, you know, the excitement and hope that you had going into the season. And, you would think, okay, well, yeah, we lost our quarterback, but like, what about the team around him? The team is still really good. You know, you have Garrett Wilson, you have Quinnen Williams, right? You have Sauce Gardner, you have that awesome defense. But then you look at the quarterback situation and you know what you got in Zach Wilson. You, you know what you have in him at this point. It's not like 
you're getting some guy who's unproven and it's just going to come in and blow your mind away. Like, you know exactly what you're going to get out of Zach Wilson at this point. You saw him when they drafted him. You saw the many chances he got last year. Last year, with even that awesome defense, which was top five in the league last year, they only won seven games. They went seven and 10. They were competitive in a lot of games. Their defense held a lot of teams to low scoring games. But the quarterback was the reason that they were they were being held back. And that's why getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers was so exciting. And, and they threw all their cards into it. And it was a team-friendly deal. It just felt like it was too good to be true. And as I go back and, and not really watch the injury, but like just watch the beginning when Aaron Rodgers runs out on the field with the flag, right? He runs out, he's jogging out, and all the Jets fans are screaming. Like MetLife Stadium is just on fire. And they're just like, wow, like this is really happening. Aaron Rodgers is on our freaking team. He's our freaking quarterback. And we're about to play the Bills and show that we're, you know, we're that team to beat. And then just like that, he's gone. And it almost seems like it was too good to be true. When you when you go back and you watch that clip of Aaron Rodgers walking out with a flag and everybody cheering, it almost just feels like it's a dream. And like that was going to be the last time we saw him on the field. And honestly, I'm going to be rooting for him to come back, but I would not be surprised if he hangs it up. He's still getting paid $17 million a year. It's going to be hard to come back. And yeah, he might be able to come back from it, but who's to say he's ever going to be the same? Who's to say he's ever going to move the same, right? And who's to say that his heart's going to be in it if he's going to be motivated to come back after something like that? So I'm praying for him. Obviously, you guys know as a Cowboys fan, Aaron Rodgers has been our daddy. He's owned us all these years, and I've always hated him for that. But uh, I, I can't help but say that, you know, that that really was heartbreaking, even as a guy who doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it was hard to see. I never want to wish injury on upon anybody, and it's just unfortunate, and I really feel for Jets fans, and I'm so glad they were able to pull that one off because the city of New York deserved it after after that happened. So that's all I got to say. Preston, take it away. Yeah, really unfortunate circumstance. I think even if you weren't the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan, I think deep down you were a little excited to see what he was going to look like in this type of situation where like he actually had like some really talent a really talented receiving core um you know he's had talented running backs in the past but yeah that with that jets defense like at that point there was like no more excuses for him you know um it's felt like ever since that super bowl he's kind of been underwhelming in the playoffs um and he, we were hoping to see him get back there this year with a team like that and be able to go up against some of these top quarterbacks that are in the league now, you know, Joe, Bor Joe Burrow, um, Patrick Mahomes. So it just really sucks that we're not, we're not going to get that. And I know that he's pissed off. He's upset that he's not going to get that. And the jets are upset now that they're not going to get that, you know, but nature of the business, you know, got to move on, got to still find ways to, to win football games. So if you're the jets, why aren't we talking about bringing back Mike White? <laughs> let's bring bro that that dude literally left his heart and his soul on that field every single game for the jets bring him back and like they could definitely trade for him i think you give tom brady a call yeah you could get why yeah. not just, just try i don't know i mean think about how much money tom brady's making though with just being an I, owner in that vegas organization now but you sound like look hey tom one more Super Bowl. <laughs> One more. One more. Hey, hey, the best oh, ring is Tom would not. I don't know if Tom would be able to get them to the Super Bowl. Uh, hmm? I, I don't know. I, I don't I've know. seen crazier that, things that, happen. That, bro, bro, ha bro, probably hasn't been working out at all. 
Oh yeah, no, he's he's enjoying that retired life. Uh, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks on the market, Preston. I mean, I was looking at all the options and looking at all the options that they were naming of who the the Jets could possibly get. I mean, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, Josh Rosen, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan. Apparently, he hasn't retired yet. You didn't mention Josh Rosen. I mean, get that out of here. get that. No, no, no. That was actually on the list. Like, that's I'm I'm, re- I'm reading this from a list. You see, and, and that's my point, Gledhill. All those players I mentioned, like at that point, you might as well just keep Zach Wilson, man. Like, just keep Zach Wilson. There, none of these guys are going to help you unless you trade for like unless you trade for somebody like Jacoby Brissett or like Jameis Winston or even Mike White, like Preston was saying, who who kind of knows that offense, knows that scheme. Just keep Zach Wilson. You, like, you can't bring in somebody to compete with Zach Wilson and, and have like a you know quarterback Karis, you know, like have. Zach Wilson play half the snaps and it, you can't do that. You can't either bring in his replacement, somebody that's for sure the starter or just keep Zach Wilson. It's one or the other. That's what I'm saying. And I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, the Brady talk, it's, you know, it's all fun and it's all fun and games, but it's not realistic. So honestly, I, I don't think the the jets are going to, you know, bring anybody to replace Zach Wilson. If they bring somebody in, it's going to be a backup just in case something happens to Zach Wilson. So that's my two cents on it. It's been 10 minutes. I mean, we can talk a little bit about the Bills side of things when we get to their game, but uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and move on into the, these week's games. Preston's got the spread. We got a short week for the Philadelphia Eagles. They just played a tough game on the road against New England. Now they're going to be back home uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. 92% in favor of them in the pigskin pick them. Preston, spread. The Philadelphia Eagles are favored by seven and a half at home. Okay. Um, yeah, honestly, wouldn't be surprised if Vikings cover. I mean, you're looking at a short week for Philadelphia. You're looking at a disappointing effort from the Vikings. I know they they want to have that one back against Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. I know, I know Gledhill was potentially uh thinking about picking the Bucks and and everything he was saying about it, he was almost right about the, it was a possible trap game. And Baker Mayfield always has, you know, those few sneaky games where he's like, okay, like he has that little swagger to him. And he's gonna, you know, he's gonna win a couple games that he probably shouldn't. And I guess that was one of the games that they got. So I guess I'll start this one. I'm gonna take the Eagles at home, but I don't think it's gonna be as dominant as it was last year. They played in Philly last year in week two on Thursday night football, and Philly embarrassed them. Like I'm telling Kirk Cousins threw like three picks. This game was over by halftime. Defensive front killed Kirk Cousins. And Jalen Hurts had a, had a perfect game. Perfect game. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I think with the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and like I said, guys, this is overreaction, you know, overreaction Monday, overreaction Tuesday. So I got to react to what I just saw from both teams. And from what I saw from the Eagles is it might take some time for them to get their rhythm going on offense, especially with the new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. They didn't look all that great against New England. Now, credit, that could just be, you know, it's hard to win in Foxborough. You know, they always give uh, people a fight at home. And then you're looking at a new offensive play caller. You know, it's no longer Matt Patricia. It's uh, it's Bill O'Brien. And, and you know, you look at some of the plays that he was calling and it was like, man, Mac Jones was making a lot better decisions than he was in his sophomore year. He kind of looked like the old Mac Jones of late. And you, you know, you're thinking like, okay, you know, he's making some really good throws. And it, it just feels like this is going to be a, a Patriots team that I think people are sleeping on, or you can just look at it. It's week one and, and Philly's just rusty. So it's out. However you look at it, the Eagles didn't look dominant. Like they normally have. Like you look at this game sometimes on paper and you think Philly's going to roll them. Uh, but it was a really close game and Jalen Hurts might need some time to gel with this new offensive coordinator, not having Shane Steichen. So I think because of that reason, I'm going to take the Eagles at home, but I think it's going to be closer and lower scoring than people think. I'm going to say the Eagles win 20 to 14 Vikings cover. 
they will cover. So they'll cover that seven and a half, six point win for the Philadelphia Eagles at home. And we'll see how their offense looks. I think we'll get a better idea of how they're going to look going up against this Minnesota Vikings defense that honestly, I think is bottom five in the league. So that's what I got. Preston. Yeah, we all know about primetime Kirk Cousins. Give me Eagles 30 to 20. Gledo. Yeah. So um, let's not crush the Eagles too much. I mean, yeah, it's, a, you know, it's overreaction Tuesday, but winning in new England, not an easy place to, to win. Um, you know, the, the Patriots are definitely a more formidable opponent now with Bill O'Brien calling the plays. Um, Mac Jones is a more than capable quarterback, uh, middle of the line starter. And, 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 you know, losing both your coordinators is, is tough. I mean, from a continuity standpoint and, you know, clearly the passing game, you know, struggled a little bit, but they still went and won on the road. They, they were a toe tap away from Kashan Boutte or whatever his name is. Toe tap away from, you know, a couple more throws or something from, you know, from maybe losing that game. But give them credit. They won the game. Uh, Nick Sirianni was obviously pumped. He, he should have been. That had trap game written all over it. And uh, the Eagles, Eagles prevailed. So I think they'll win again here. Vikings defense, still, still a ton of questions, uh, e- even with, you know, Adding Brian Flores as your as your coordinator, uh, I, I'd like to see some improvements in the passing game this week, and um, I, I'm going to take the Eagles 27 to 21. Presser, one quick question: How concerned would you be if Philly does lose this game at home against the Vikings? Not concerned. It's the beginning of the season, and they ju- they're just coming off of a Super Bowl run. You know, it's going to take time. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think if they lose a shootout, it's not as concerning. But if they lose like a, a lower scoring game where Jalen Hurts throws a couple, you know, has a couple interceptions and, you know, the, the offense just looks anemic and the passing game still struggles a little bit. I mean, then you're like, okay, what, what's going on? Like the Vikings, we don't think they're that great on defense. Like mm-hmm. what, what's, what's going on here? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, it, I think it's going to be a real test when they start because you look at the Eagles schedule, their schedule gets really hard in the second half of the year. I'm pretty sure they play the Chiefs the 49ers and the Cowboys like back-to-back weeks. And I think they got Buffalo too um, in there as well. So their, their schedule, uh, they're really going to be tested later in the season. So these are games that they have to take advantage of. And, you know, you look at, okay, well, maybe some of these defense will give the new Philly look offense some problems. This is not the game uh, to bet on that because uh, the Vikings just don't have that defense. So uh, I would agree with you. Philly gets it done. Next game, we have the Green Bay Packers. They're going on the road. They're playing the Atlanta Falcons. Both teams 1-0. Falcons coming off of a a win over the Panthers, you know, pretty convincing, nothing crazy, kind of sloppy offenses on both sides. Meanwhile, you go to the Packers, Packers just had a really great game in Chicago. And, you know, I guess my biggest takeaway from that game is same old bears, same old bears. And some things never change. The Packers owning the the Chicago bears. So yeah, I thought Jordan Love did really good. Uh, I thought he made the throws he needed to make. I, I really do think that, you know, we might have something here with uh, with Jordan Love. So we'll see. The, the Packers always find a way to make something happen at quarterback. So if Jordan Love ends up being a pretty good quarterback, it wouldn't surprise me. It's nice to know now that the Packers are kind of in a situation where they don't have to worry about this being Aaron Rodgers' team. It was always, this is Aaron's team. This is Aaron's team. Now they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about that anymore. Now this is Matt LaFleur's team. So we're going to see how good of a coach he really is. 63% favor the Packers on the road. Preston, what is the spread? The Packers are favored by one and a half. Packers are favored by one and a half. Atlanta has a good running game. We got to see a little bit of Bijan, Algier. Cordell Patterson was out. How do you think they look going up against the Packers this week? Who do you got, Preston? I think the Packers were really impressive against the Bears, but I also think the Falcons' defense was impressive against Bryce Young. I, I don't think Bryce Young looked that bad. I think the Falcons' defense um, 
looked pretty good. Their secondary looked good. So I, I got the Falcons winning this game. Um, at home, Jordan Love coming off a high. You know, can he have a, a repeat performance like that against his secondary? I don't think so. I think he's going to struggle this game. Packers defense is going to play well, though, so it's going to be lower scoring. Let's say 17-13 to 13 Falcons win this one. Okay. Glenn Hill, who do you got? Yeah, I mean, this, one, this one's a really interesting matchup. I, I think two pretty similar teams, both dominated by the run game, uh, both trying to give their quarterbacks you know, support with good offensive line play, really good play calling. Both have offensive coaches. We know the Packers' defense is pretty good. The Falcons, you know, we think their defense is, is underrated. So this one's a tough pick. Jordan Love looked composed last week, um, didn't really do anything crazy, missed a couple throws there. But I, I think he played better than we expected him to. And I think he's one of those quarterbacks where if you give him a run game, you give him good offensive line play, the Packers' offensive line dominated the Bears' front. You give him those, you know, you know, some good receiving performances. You know, he can play really, really well. So, I, I think that puts him if he can, you know, consistently play like that. You know, that that proves that he's, you know, he's starting caliber. He's he's not a top ten quarterback, but he's he's more than competent. So we'll see how you know he evolves. Um, I'm gonna take the Packers. I probably like their defense a little bit better. I think you know quarterback play. I'll I'll give the edge to Jordan Love and, and the experience. You know, just being in that offense a few more years. I don't love the Packers receiving core. You know, they, they may struggle a little bit against, you know, a clearly, you know, superior secondary than the Bears. But um, I like the Packers to find a way. I I, I think Aaron Jones is going to play, right? Yeah. That was, yeah. Um, I think it's still questionable. Yeah. Okay. Really good offensive line. I think the Packers will find a way to win this one, but it, it'll be close. I think, I think it'll be like uh, 27-24 Packers win. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you, Glenn. I'm going to take the Packers on the road here. It's a tough matchup, interesting matchup, like you said. Uh, but I didn't like how Desmond Ritter played against the, the Carolina Panthers. I, I I didn't like how he played. I It was a, really a shocker to me that uh, he he couldn't find Drake London at all. Drake London had a quiet game. He had no catches. Um, this He's supposed to be a guy that's supposed to have a lot of expectations this year. Uh, Kyle Pitts, too. I mean, Kyle Pitts, I, I it just something's not not clicking. Uh, with that offense right now. And and he's just got to find his group because he's so talented. Uh, and then Ritter's just ma- made a couple boneheaded mistakes. So I'm going to take the slightly better quarterback right now and Jordan Love. And I, it's a tough game to win on the road, but I think I like the Packers performance a little bit better on the road last week. And I think LaFleur is going to dial up a good game plan and, and Arthur Smith is going to lose this one. So I got uh, I got Green Bay Packers winning, uh, but it'll be close. So honestly, that, that one and a half point spread is pretty fair. So I'm going to say that the... Uh, I'm going to take 23 to 20. The Packers went on the road. It's going to be a tough game, though. The Falcons defense did look pretty good. Next game, we got the Raiders on the road against the Bills. 92% favor the Bills. Preston spread. Bills are favored by nine and a half. Wow. Nine and a half. That's a big one right there. Yeah, Vegas were able to pull off a, a big win against Denver. You know, one point. It was, it was a classic Broncos and Raiders type game. You know, a lot of weird things happen, but. Raiders ended up coming out on top again. They swept them last year. So looks like right now they have their number. Uh, meanwhile, the Bills, man, let's talk about Buffalo. Ugh. Josh Allen, Gledhill, you were mentioning that, you know, this was an embarrassing performance by him. Four turnovers, three picks, one fumble. He's had like 84 turnovers since 2018. That leads the league. Man, it, it's just kind of looking like right now he's really missing Brian Dable because it just hasn't been working so far with this uh, this new offensive coordinator and uh, talk talk a little bit about that. The struggles right now. The Bills aren't looking aren't looking too hot. 
Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, I mean, he, <laughs> he could be the best quarterback in football if he's playing at his – maybe not the best. Okay, second best, third best. He's up there. He's playing at his absolute high end. But there's, there's still – I mean, I, I think he's just lost his consistency. I mean, that – if you're an elite quarterback, if you're in that category, I mean, I mean, the opposing team, they lose their new star quarterback. The air is sucked out of that stadium – you, you just you got to find a way to win that game. I mean, that's just it's a division game. You know how important games like that are when it comes down to, you know, playoff spots and, you know, home field advantage here or, or you know, having a three seed over a four seed here. I mean, th- th- these are these are big games. And I mean, you'd expect Josh Allen at this point in his career, you know, what year five, year six, whatever he's in now, you know, to just not make as many mistakes. Uh, you know, the Jets defense clearly, you know, pretty good, but, but there was, there were some throws. I mean, that one throw he, that, that one deep ball he made that I think it was Whitehead who made the pick. Uh, he, yeah. Did he have three picks? Yeah. Yeah. Three? Jordan, Jordan Whitehead had three picks. And I think I know the, the one you're talking about. I think the, I think it was the second one. He threw it like over the shoulder of Diggs, and it was right into Whitehead's hands. Like you would have thought that Whitehead was the receiver. Yeah. And I thought maybe, you know, that, that fourth quarter drive at the end of the game when they when they kicked the field goal, he got a little rhythm going with Diggs. Diggs made like four catches in a row, five catches in a row. I'm just like, where was that the whole game? Like, you'd expect, you know, to him to have a couple of drives where he just wills this offense down the field if he's, you know, in this elite class. And, and you, just, you just don't see it anymore. And outside of Stephon Diggs, I think there's some questions about this receiving core. You know, obviously there's, there's questions with, um, I forgetting the guy's name, but... Um, Play caller. Um, oh, Ken Dorsey. Yeah, Ken Dorsey um, slammed his headset last year against the Dolphins. <laughs> That's all I know him for. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't love it. We'll, we'll see. You'd like to see an improvement against the Raiders. Uh, you know, not a, not a great defense. And Max Crosby just absolutely destroyed Mike McGlinchey, uh, <laughs> which, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know how the Broncos gave out that contract, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'll go ahead and pick. I think the bank, I think the the Bills will bounce back. So like their defense, but man, there are a lot of questions offensively, and and I just, I, I just I think they're I think this team's going to win nine games, ten games because they're they're talented and they have you know a high end quarterback, but you know you get to the playoffs like something's got to change because they're not beating the Chiefs on the road right now. They're not beating you know the the bank. I mean, we'll see about the Bengals, but you know, they're not beating these top teams right now. Yeah. So Preston, it's real easy to overreact to to a performance that Josh Allen had in week one. I mean, because you could say the same thing about Joe Burrow, but it seems like this has kind of been an ongoing problem for Josh Allen the past year or two or so. So how how are you kind of feeling after that game? Yeah, it's definitely becoming a a concerning trend. He doesn't turn the ball over. They win that game. It's that simple. He doesn't turn the ball over. You know, they they won a couple games last year too. Um. When you're a player who's aggressive and likes to thread the needle, um, you're a gunslinger. It's really important to have a really good offensive coordinator to be able to put you in positions to make those type of throws. You know, from a, from a basketball perspective, as a, as a basketball player. So, as a point guard, there'd be some teams where I'd go play for them and I'd turn the ball over a bunch, either because of like lack of chemistry or just the way the offense flowed. Like the timing wasn't there for me. Uh, like it wasn't, it didn't work for my play style. But I'd go play for other teams and it's like, bro, I'm dropping dimes left and right. Like defense doesn't know what to do. Like they can't hang with me. 
it's the same thing in football. Like if you're that type of player, you're, you're an aggressive, you're somebody who likes to thread the needle. You got to be in a, in a system or not, not even like a system, but you got to have a coordinator that understands that and puts you in positions to be successful. And, you know, this just might not be a good fit. I, I think he is being put in positions to be successful, but maybe it's just, maybe it's just not Josh Allen. Maybe, um, maybe it doesn't work for him. Yeah. It, it just, it's kind of weird because ever since Brian Dable has, I mean, you look at how Daniel Jones did last year, you know, he, Daniel Jones was a turnover prone quarterback. And then right when Brian Dable went over there, he only threw like five picks last year. He, he was really good with ball security. Josh Allen, you know, yeah, he had some turnover problems in that first year, but after that, he started cleaning it up. And then now that Brian Dable's gone, they, they just all suddenly came back again. And I don't like Ken Dorsey. I, I don't think that's a good fit because, you know, I, I look at a lot of the games that they lost last year and the biggest one was that playoff game. And I keep mentioning it. I'm going to keep mentioning it. They're at home. It's snowing. They're in Buffalo and they can only pin up, put up 10 points. Like that's just not acceptable when you have a team that has those Super Bowl aspirations. And I was talking to my dad about this this weekend is it's almost like I, I'm scared to say, it, but I think Buffalo like might've missed their Super Bowl window because they've had so many chances so like they think they've been to an AFC championship. They've been to the playoffs consistently and they've, and Josh Allen has gotten better every single year, but they've just had like some of the worst luck and, and even some bad performances by Josh Allen. And I, I have to look back at that 13 second, you know, 13 seconds in 2021, they should have beat the chiefs that year. They, there was no reason that they should have lost that game. They were, they had 13 seconds and they, and they lost an OT like, and they changed the, and they changed the OT rules because of them. And guess what? They still haven't won an OT game since then. So like at this point, like I think the, I hate to say it this, I mean, call it an overreaction all you want, but based on what I've seen from the bills in the playoffs and the past few seasons, their Super Bowl window has closed. I'm sorry. I don't see them winning a Super Bowl. Um, and that's kind of sad to say because Josh Allen is one of my favorite players to watch. And man, I was watching him make some throws last night. And I'm like, dude, like that, that's so obvious. Like, how do you, how do you read that? Like somebody who is as talented as you are, how do you see that and say, I'm going to throw that? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you just watch, it's like boneheaded decisions. And I think a lot of it has really become mental. So he's reckless. Uh, he just needs to, you know, zone out and just, just focus on balling, man. I think he's overthinking it because there's no reason he should go in there with a team that has, I know they have a really good defense, but you shouldn't throw three picks in a game, turn the ball over four times, much less throw three picks of the same player. Um, and they weren't, they weren't like unfortunate picks where like they bounced off the receiver's hands. They were those, those picks that blatantly he threw it to the cornerback. Um, and, and even some play, runs he made, he was scrambling out, could have easily ran for a first down and, you know, he throws it out of bounds, throws a pick or he'll throw himself into contact. And it's like, man, he's just so reckless with the football. So I hope they can get over it. The Bills really need to get this win. It's only week two. And yes, technically, from a record standpoint, if they go 0-2 and, and they lose to the Raiders, they'll technically be okay. Like, it's fine. But when I look at how this team has been playing over the past few years, um, and especially the last year or so, with Josh Allen, they cannot lose at home. Uh, so Buffalo, I think they go ahead and win this game. And I, I think they win by 10 points. So they'll cover the spread 27-17. to 17. Bills get it done. Preston? Yeah, I mean, I've got the Bills winning this game. I was surprised the Raiders won last last week, to be honest, because, you know, I, 
and Russell Wilson, he had he had a couple of moments where he looked like Russell Wilson a little bit, but it's concerning um, for the Broncos. You know, like they they gave up so much for him. I think they'll get better as the year goes on. I'm still high on the Broncos. I still think they're a 10 win team, but Russell Wilson's just got to be better straight up. Jimmy G and and the Raiders, they actually looked like they came to play. I think players like playing for Jimmy G. He's just a good guy. He's a good quarter, solid quarterback. Knows how to win. Yeah, knows how to win games. So I think Raiders are going to be in a lot of games this year, and they're going to surprise a lot of people. Maybe you know surprise me, win more games than I than I I expect them to win. But they're not going to beat the Bills. I think Bills big bounce back uh, game here, and Bills go ahead and win this game, thirty three to uh, twelve. That'd be a big win for them. They need it. Uh, yeah, next they game. Did. Yeah, they do. I, I got to dip out, Eric. Okay, man. I'll catch you later, bud. All right, Gladhill. We got the Ravens and the Bengals. 58% in favor of the Bengals. Man, Bengals couldn't really get much worse than they got week one. I mean, you, you look back at that game, Joe Burrow had a lot of turnovers, got sacked a lot, uh, and they ended up benching him. They they took him out. 85 yards, first time in his whole career, he's thrown under 100 yards. And man, just, just a disaster, a disaster in Cleveland. Um, and even in moments in that game where the Browns, like they, they had a lot of missed opportunities too, because early in that game, it was really close. It was low scoring. And Deshaun Watson was missing a lot of big throws that could have turned the outcome of the game early on. And I was like, man, like at some point, like I'm feeling good about this pick, like Joe Burrow, the Bengals are going to take advantage of this. They're going to come back. They're going to, and they're, and they're just going to find a way to figure this out and, and make it a good second half. And it was never that case. They got completely out coached. They never got in their offensive rhythm. You know, got to give credit to guys like Denzel Ward, you know, completely shutting down Jamar Chase. He only had like two or three catches. T. Higgins didn't have any catches at all. And that's a guy who's trying to get paid a big contract. And, you know, you look at the offensive line, you know, getting Orlando Brown Jr. You think this has got to be the time where the Bengals, you know, this is going to be a really good year for them. And they're still my pick to come out of the AFC. It's only week one, but man, it, it didn't get much worse than that, Gledhill, at, at the start for week one for them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think even the best teams are going to have stinkers every now and then. I, I think you know, it's possible that <laughs> some matchups are just are just bad for some teams, and I, I, the Browns have a really really good defense. And I think when you have a really really good defense, you can control games that you know maybe don't really have talent on the offensive side. But if, if you have an elite defense, you can you can still find a way to to set the tone in those games. I mean, you, you see it, you know, you saw a Cowboys giants. It was, it was the same case where are the Cowboys really that much more talented than the giants? I, I mean, they definitely are, but the Cowboys defense just took control early in that game and put the giants in a position where they just could not, you know, Daniel Jones is not going to crawl out and, and, and throw your team, you know, back into the game. Uh, and Joe Burrow can do that, but it, it's again, you're down early. It's, you know, maybe, not the best weather. Cleveland's kind of, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think, I think, it, I, I don't really know what to, what to say about the Bengals. I mean, it, it, other than just tough way to open the season, but you know, Joe, Joe Burrow's got that dog in him. He's going to come back. I mean, that win in Buffalo, you know, showed, you know, and during the postseason kind of showed me all, all that I need to know about this team. Just they're going to win in the toughest conditions. And, you know, even if they had a, a rough game, I think they'll, they'll definitely bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. I'm not going to overreact too much. Uh, for the Bengals, um, I know it's real easy to overreact to some of these other teams, but not not with a team like them who's who's been to back to back AFC championships and has a guy as good as Joe Burrow. Now, 
This is this is going to show me a lot. Um, I mean, I know last year they started 0-2, but they at least looked a lot better in that second game versus the Cowboys than they did in the Steelers game a year before. Uh, so, yeah, this is. I think this is a typical slow start for the Bengals. Uh, but this this would be a nice win to have against Baltimore. You look at Baltimore, and you know they they convincingly won against Houston, but they they didn't look all that great either. I mean, Lamar Jackson was a little rusty. He had a couple fumbles. He had a pick uh, in there. Um, and and the Ravens are just so reliant on playmakers that that are really known to get injured and they already are hitting the injury bug they have an offensive lineman that got banged up uh they lost jk dobbins uh for the season which is really unfortunate that guy can't catch a break and obj has injury history too so uh the most impressive thing i saw from this ravens team uh in that texans game was uh, Zay Flowers. He had a really good week one performance as a rookie. I'm excited to watch him gel with this offense. Uh, and I think Lamar's going to get in his groove a little bit, especially in these division games. So this is going to be a really exciting one at 12 o'clock, at 12 o'clock slot. I'm, I'm going to be uh, have my eyes on this one probably the most, definitely over Buffalo and Las Vegas, definitely over Green Bay yep. and Atlanta. This is the one I'm going to be watching the most uh, in that 12 o'clock slot. So yeah, I mean, Gledhill, I guess I'll have you start this one. It's yep. in Cincinnati. Do Bengals bounce back or do Ravens keep it going? What do you think? Uh, I think the Bengals bounce back. I, I just have a little bit more confidence in this offense, you know, just, just from a continuity standpoint, bringing back, you know, their top receivers, bringing, I mean, T Higgins made absolutely no impact in that Browns game. Jamar Chase had little impact. I mean, you know, these guys are going to be fired up this week and ready to go. Not that the Ravens aren't, but I mean, the Bengals, that was borderline embarrassing i get it the browns have a really good defense and a good pass rush but the Bengals know that they are the more talented team and they're they're gonna be fired up going into this game and and i i think they'll set the tone early um i I think the ravens are still some question with this offense just again i know zay flowers looked really good but the receiving core like how much are you going to be relying on odell beckham there's certainly some questions there um todd monk and the new offensive coordinator no J.K. Dobbins. I mean, how much you're going to rely on Lamar to throw the ball down the field? And again, just just some questions. We'll, we'll have to see how this how it evolves throughout the season. Um, excited to see how how they look this week. Um, but I think the Bengals overall is going to be fired up, and, and they're going to they're going to win this game at home. And if if they don't, yeah, I'll be a little surprised. But you know, the Bengals they started 0-2 last year, didn't they? I mean, they lost mm-hmm. that game to the Cowboys yep. on the road that we all thought you know no Dak Prescott. Cowboys coming off a terrible week one game against the Bucs. Like the Bengals will kill them. You know, they're, they're coming off a loss too. So wouldn't shock me if the Ravens won this game, but I just think they'll find a way to win this game at home. Uh, you know, you know, their fans are going to be fired up and uh, let's, let's go 30 to 24. Three and a half point spread for the Bengals. Their favorite going into this game, rightfully so they're at home and you know, they've had more success the past two seasons and, if you look at the matchups the past few years, the Bengals have had their number, especially, you know, airing it out. Jamar Chase has had some historic performance against his secondary, and I think the Ravens' secondary has gotten weaker over the years. So I expect the Bengals to bounce back. I, I expect them to win this game, and I expect this to be an exciting division game. I'm, I'm going to take the Bengals 28-26. to I think we'll see some scoring in this game. Nothing crazy, but 28-26, I like that score. I think it was just a bad week. You shake it off. You don't think about it. I, I think this is kind of a lesson learned. Like, don't poke the bear, you know, because you look at that going into that game, the Bengals were talking a lot of crap to the Browns. Didn't seem like they gave them respect. You know, Jamar Chase was calling them elves. Uh, and then even after the game, he said the worst part about it was, you know, I, I hate losing to the elves after I said I was going to beat them. So 
Yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of look at the, the Browns have had their number. The last seven games, they've been six and one against the Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow hasn't had the best luck. Um, it was in Cleveland. I should have saw that one coming. I, I, I think they'll bounce back in this one. So I'm going to take the Bengals 28 26. Let's move on to the next one. Seattle and Detroit. Gledho, I know you remember this one from last year. This was a shootout, absolute shootout. Geno Smith made some of the best throws in this game that I've ever seen when they played. And it's going to be in Detroit and it's going to be an exciting one. 87% in favor of the Lions are coming off a big win versus the Chiefs. Seattle's coming off of a disappointing loss to the Rams. It looks like the spread right now in this game is it has the Detroit Lions as six-point favorites. So before I go ahead and pick the game, I, I kind of want to talk about the, the Lions' performance against the Chiefs. You know, honestly, I was wrong. I, I'll admit it. I was wrong. I, I picked the Chiefs in that game, but I, I still need to see more, and I hate to be that guy to discredit the Lions. I'm happy for them. I'm glad they got that win. But you guys won by a point. There was no Travis Kelsey. There was no Chris Jones. And the amount of drops that Kadarius... I, I just want to hold on. See more to what? If you see more, like what will that prove to you? What are, what are you still like... That the Lions are legit. What do you mean legit? Like, what do you mean by legit? Like, they are, will be a serious playoff contender if they can keep winning games at the rate that they're winning. Okay, I don't, so you, I, I'm you, not. You, I'm, you still doubt whether they can win a playoff game, is what you're saying? Yes, I do. Okay, I think they'll win the division. Yes, I think yes. I think they'll win the division because there's still a lot of questions. Chicago ain't winning it. Uh, I think Minnesota's due for a down year, and because when you uh, said prove it, I was I was I was like, you need them to prove they're better than the Vikings. Like I, I didn't know what you. Yeah, oh no 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 no! I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I clarified. They're the. I think they're going to win that division. But I need to see more if I like want to, you know, put them in the NFC like top teams because, you know, it's real easy to hype them up after beating the defending Super Bowl champions week one. Uh, you know, they were preparing for that game. You know that, you know, Dan Campbell was hyped for that game, but you were playing the Kansas City Chiefs without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, arguably their two best players outside of Mahomes. And if you watch the game, they should have won the game. They lost the game because... The receivers just blatantly dropped big passes. And I knew the game was over the second that Andy Reid decided to go for that fourth and 20. Or it was fourth and 20. They got the false start. And then they still went for it on fourth and 25. And that just put the Lions back in field goal range. And they were just able to run out the clock. But the point is, is they were setting up for that game to be the last drive. And I know I sound salty because I picked the Chiefs. And yeah, I was wrong. I'll admit it. But the Chiefs are still the better team. And the Chiefs should have won that game. They should have won the game. So, uh, but that that's not the case in this game. I, I'm just talking about the standpoint of like, I need to see more. Uh, I need to see them, you know, have a little bit more impressive wins uh, before I start calling them like a legit playoff team. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to win that division. I love what they're dialing up there. Jared Goff hasn't thrown a pick in like, I think it was like what Cowherd was saying. It was like 382 temps or something like that. Like he's been doing really good. Ben Johnson's a great offensive coordinator. You know, they're going to give Jameer Gids more involved in the offense. Uh, they still got David Montgomery as a power back. So I'm not concerned with them. Uh, but I, that was just me addressing, you know, the performance of the Chiefs because it's real easy. Like I said, I said it last week. If they beat the Chiefs, everybody was going to be all over the Lions um, because they beat the Chiefs, but they didn't beat them in the way that I thought they would beat them. So that's why I said I needed to see more. I'm not trying to discredit them. Uh, as far as the Seahawks, Seahawks didn't look good. They didn't look good. Honestly, I think the best coaching performance that we saw this past week was from Sean McVay. 
Him and Matthew Stafford were locked in. They dialed up a really good game plan and they outplayed the Seahawks in Seattle. And I never would have saw that coming. Uh, so I got to give credit to, you know, the Rams for coming in prepared to the, for that game. I thought Seattle was going to have their way that game and they didn't. So I'm going to pick the Lions in this game. And I think they're going to have an impressive win at home. I think the Lions are going to go to two and zero. I think this is going to be a shootout again, like it was last year. The Lions get them this time though. I got the Lions winning. Let's go 35 to 30. It's a shootout. Lions get it done. We're going to see some offense scoring in this game. Yeah, I mean they're 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 the best team in the in the NFC North. I think the Packers, you know, with, with their roster, if Jordan Love can just game manage them, you know, Matt Lafleur keeps dialing up good game plans. They keep running the ball well. They could win 10, 11 games for sure. I think Green Bay right now looks like more of a threat to the Lions and the Vikings, and, and we'll see though. Um, I think the Lions. I mean that defense is really good. I get it. The Chiefs receiving core was obviously having not not having Travis Kelsey. That that was a big, you know, that hurt their offense quite a bit, but it's still Andy Reid. It's still on the road. These are still the defending Super Bowl champs. I think the Chiefs defense is a little underrated. I like the Chiefs defense. They're returning a lot of guys from last year. Steve Spagnola, good defensive coach. And the Lions, they got it done when it mattered. I think their coverage on the defensive end was was really solid. I, I think there were a lot of times where Mahomes had a little bit of an open pop pocket, but he was just looking around, looking for someone to throw to, just just couldn't find anyone open. I mean, I would have liked to see a little bit more Jameer Gibbs, but I, I thought, again, I thought there was good balance with their receiving core. Amon Ra is a really, really good receiver, and I think there's a lot to like about the Lions. Uh, now, I, I, I agree. Like Now everybody knows they're good. They just won the opening game of the season against the defending Super Bowl champions. Everybody's going to be ready for them. Nobody's discounting the Lions. I mean, how, how are they going to perform when they're getting everybody's best? So that remains to be seen. Dan Campbell still like relatively inexperienced as a head coach, you know, compared to like the long term guys. Um, so I, I'm a little worried about the Seahawks and Geno Smith. I, w- I would have liked to see him throw the ball a little bit better at home against a, a Rams defense that, you know, he didn't think was great you know they have some really good players but as a whole you know not really that deep you know pretty good receiving core kenneth walker running the ball you know i, I know they lost uh charles cross midway through the game uh one of the young offensive linemen which can't be easy uh, but i i would have liked him to, to kind of shoulder the load a little bit more offensively but you know give the rams credit they they shut him down and he just Maybe wasn't on his best game. Uh, I don't expect it to get that much better against the Lions. I mean, we'll see. I mean, these teams, we're still gathering information on them. But I think going to Detroit, I have a hard time seeing the Seahawks having a ton of success. I mean, I, I, I think if, if the Lions can get them into third and longs, I, I just don't see Geno Smith willing this team down the field. I, I don't know. I, I think the Lions win this game at home. And uh, we'll see. I think it'll be like 26 to 17 or something like that. Yeah, I will go back to the Lions and give them some credit because even though I I think the Chiefs win that game if Travis Kelsey's in the game, uh, despite that, the Lions they weren't excellent. Like, and and I think that's 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 what's good. Like to know is like they didn't play their best game and beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs like played their worst game. Yeah, yeah, the Chiefs probably played their worst game, but the Lions didn't play their best game. Like, there's still a lot of room for improvement. You know, there's you mentioned their questions outside of. Amonara St. Brown in the receiving core. I mean, honestly, the secondary, it kind of let them down in that game uh, late. You know, there were some, you know, blown coverages. You know, it, it was ended up being that bad because, you know, the receivers were dropping some big passes. But 
I mean, Brian Branch had that pick six, which was huge. Uh, CJ Gardner Johnson had a pick that he probably should have had. He dropped, you know, Aiden Hutchinson probably had one of the best pass rushing performances I've seen from a player that didn't have a sack. So they had some really great things happen on each side of the ball. Like Jared Goff was great. Offensive line looked really good, but they didn't play their best game and they weren't perfect. So I think that's what leads room for improvement. And Honestly, the more I think about it, like, I don't even know if I think I might change my score a little bit because I don't even know if I could trust Geno Smith to come in week two after that performance and, and put on 30 points. I mean, yeah, I think I'm really just kind of baking on how last year's game went when it was 48 to 45 and Geno Smith went in there and had a really good game. I, I think it's going to be. Think, I don't think they're scoring 40 points on this Lions defense. No, no not way. this time. Not this time. Especially uh, no JSN. I think the Lions can score 30. And I'll give the Seahawks 20. So the Lions will win pretty convincingly. And Seattle's going to have some things to figure out after this game. Uh, but I hope, you know, JSN, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and they, they find a way to make this competitive. Because if they do, this could be a really good game like it was last year. Uh, but I'm going I'm to take the Lions at, at home. Uh, they're going to get their revenge from last year. So I got the Lions to go 30 to 20. Next game, Chargers-Titans in Tennessee. 89% in favor of the Chargers. The spread in this one, the tie or the Chargers are favored by three points. Gladio, it's your turn. Who do you got in this one? I mean, Tennessee, they could have won that game in New Orleans, but Ryan Tannehill had three crucial picks. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, the defense was really, really good for the Titans until late in the game. They kind of, you know, let up. And it's not even their, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, three turn, I mean, three interceptions. That's, that's rough, man. I mean, <laughs> And there's really no, I don't, I don't know if they have a confident backup plan right now. Like, is it Malik Willis? Is it Will Levis? I mean, I, I'm just a little unsure. I don't, I don't really have faith that Will Levis can come in and, and you know, save this team right now. I know he's got a, a great arm, but I think you give a lot of points to, to Mike Vrabel. I mean, he's, this team plays tough and, you know, they're, they're not going to back down in this game, but I think, I think the Chargers win an ugly one. I look, if I, if Ryan Tannehill, has a major bounce back game and, and the Chargers defense gives up like 30 points to him. I mean, I'm done with Brandon Staley. I mean, get this the goodness for like you have to win this game. This is a this is a must-win game for Brandon Staley. Um, or or things, I mean, if it's not hot now, it's gonna really his hot his seats can be really heating up if they lose this one. So I, I don't know if there's one coach that's under more pressure going into this week. Than Brandon Staley, you got to win this game against the Titans, uh, an inferior roster, an inferior quarterback, you know, much inferior quarterback. I mean, you got to win this game for the Chargers, and I think they will. I think they'll get it done on the road. We'll see if, it, if it's like a shootout, a close game, then I'm I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, like Chargers defense, you gotta you gotta hold up in this one. So uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Chargers win it, thirty to twenty. Yeah, I expect this game to be lower scoring and close at first, but I expect the Chargers to pull away in the second half. Uh, and I, I know that that's a lot to say, especially when you're asking Brandon Staley to to pick it up in the second half. Yep, I agree with you, Gladhill. Everything you said, they got to win this game. They got to win this game. You can't lose to Tennessee on the road. They had an opportunity to win that first week game, and I'm glad I got the pick right. But man, I, I feel for you Chargers fans. You guys need to win this one. Uh, Tannehill's going to make mistakes. You know he's going to. And and Gladhill, we talked about this last week. Remember, I said that how much leeway does you know are they going to give Tannehill if he keeps having games like this? And Preston was saying that you know he was thinking that you still got to ride it out with Tannehill. 
Uh, but shoot, if he keeps having performances like that, I don't know how much leeway we're going to give him. I mean, I, you got to imagine that if he has another game like he had against the Saints, we might see Will Levis sooner or later. It's it's interesting because I don't see the Titans are not a team that I would consider in the uh, you know the top five pick in the draft like no. Caleb Williams, Drake May, you know Shador Sanders sweepstakes. I mean you know it's crazy that Shador Sanders is now in that conversation. I mean how how much has changed in a couple weeks? But he's been amazing. But I mean Mike Vrabel alone. I mean this team has a floor of probably seven wins, six wins. I mean if they're really bad, six wins. But even then, they're they're not <laughs> picking in the top fives unless they trade up or something. But it, it's interesting because would they be better off if they just tank the season and get your real quarterback of the future? You know, because I don't know if Will Levis you know could be that guy. I mean, we'll see. But yeah, one more week of Tannehill, you got to try something out. You got to see what you have in Will Will Levis and. Who knows? Maybe maybe you have your franchise quarterback. Malik Willis, you know, I know Mike Rabel is kind of singing his praises. I, I don't know if that was more tactics to try and maybe trade him. I, I don't know what, you know, if it, or if he really saw something there, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But, but I don't see this team, you know, losing more than six, seven games. Yeah. They're, they're a weird team where they're going to, they're not going to win more than like eight or nine, but you, you kind of know where they're going to be at at the end of the year. Which is yeah, weird. no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they're going to win a lot more games than people think. They're, I don't think Vrabel's going to let them be bad enough. Like, it's not in his his coaching style. The defense is really competitive. I don't think their defense is bad enough to, like, tank. You know, at least, like, last year with the Chicago Bears, like, their defense was so bad that they could tank games and be okay because they, they just couldn't stop anybody. Um, you know, Justin Fields would go out there, make a couple highlight plays, and then they would they would lose by 30. Huh, because they they just couldn't stop anybody. The Titans are going to be doing that. Uh, if Tannehill has, you know, three, four, five bad games, they're gonna they're gonna throw Will Levison and see what he's got. And Malik Willis, I don't know. I I just think they saw they they got a, a good evaluation of him uh, last year. I think that w- that was some tactics from Mike Vrabel. But we'll see, man. Uh, like I said, I think this game will be close in the first half. Chargers pull away twenty four to thirteen. Next game: Chicago Bears, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 58% in favor of the Buccaneers. I don't think people would have said that a week ago, but here we are as fans are picking the Buccaneers in this one. Three-point favorites, Tampa Bay at home. It's my pick, Gledhill. This is actually probably the hardest game for me to pick this week because I have no idea how uh, both teams are going to look. You know, it's it was week one. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be a good team this year. You know, I, I said they were going to win like four games. Maybe they, you know, they sneak a couple good ones in there and, and win six, but it's hard to imagine that they're going to be competing at any point this year. Baker Mayfield, you know, he has that swagger to him, and I think he plays his best when he's talking a lot of crap and he has the confidence, but I just don't trust that for a whole consistent season that this team is going to be able to make a playoff push. I just don't think they have a lot of good playmakers, but I, I just don't think Baker Mayfield's good enough. Like I've, I've seen what I've needed to see for Baker Mayfield over his career, and I love the guy. I mean, going to OU, I've, I've always been a big fan of him, but... I just don't think that this is going to last. So it makes it hard because I look at Tampa Bay, how how good their defense looked against Minnesota in that week one game. And then I look at Chicago and how bad their defense looked and how, you know, Matt Eberflus just horribly got outcoached. I, I would think the easy pick would be to pick Tampa Bay in this game, but it's really not because I still think that Tampa Bay, I, I still think that they're going to be a, a they're going to have a worse record than than the Chicago the Bears this year uh, when it's all said and done. But I guess we're going to have to go off what what I saw last week, and I I think I'm going to have to take Baker Mayfield another week, Gledo. I hate to do it, but 
I think this is going to be an ugly one. Like I'm talking like 17, 16 type game uh, where both defenses are going to, you know, cause turnovers because the quarterback's going to make a mistake. You know, maybe Justin Fields gets sacked a couple times, you know, fumbles, throws like one of those the picture, like, oh my gosh, like, why would you throw that? Or, you know, Baker Mayfield has a couple boneheaded decisions as well. And I think this is going to be an ugly one, but I, I'm, I'm leaning Tampa Bay at home because of the defense. I like the game plan that they they had against uh, Minnesota. Uh, their defense played really physical, and I don't trust Chicago defense right now. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay in an ugly one. I'm not confident in it. Like I said, I think Chicago, you know, same old Bears, you can say, but I think they're going to have a better record than Tampa Bay when it's all said and done. But I think Tampa Bay right now gets them. And I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go to 2-0. 17-16, <laughs> to 16, they beat the, the Bears. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, the pressure is on the Bears. Absolutely. I mean, this is year... Yeah, it's year three for Justin Fields, year two for Matt Eberflus. I mean, you can say, you know, Todd Bowles is on the hot seat. Like, like his days as a head coach are kind of numbered right now, but... Again, the expectations on the Buccaneers are, you know, they don't have their franchise quarterback. They're going to lose a lot of games because Baker Mayfield's not good enough. And the roster as a whole just isn't good enough. And they're going to sell off Mike Evans. They're going to sell off some of their better defensive guys. And they're just going to tank. And they're going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever should horse Sanders in the draft next year. So, you know, and now they're 1-0. They, they, they got an upset one on the road. So they're coming home feeling good. Um, the Bears, however, a lot of expect. Well, I wouldn't say it. It's it's weird because there there weren't like win the division expectations, but there were expectations that Justin Fields would take that next step and that he would evolve as a passer and that okay, the defense is gonna keep getting better and year two under Matt Eberflus, uh, how's that gonna look? And to just lay a complete egg and lose by th- more than three touchdowns at home, it's just embarrassing. I mean Jordan Love is the less is the less experienced quarterback in terms of games started, but he clearly had a good infrastructure around him. I think you question with the Bears, does Justin Fields have that infrastructure? You know, you, you question the run game, you question the offensive line. The offensive line, <laughs> they got absolutely slaughtered by the Packers last week. So I'd like to see them, you know, take another step forward this this week and and DJ Moore, you know make some big plays in the passing game, but I just I just don't trust Justin Fields throwing the ball late in the game and willing this team to victory. So I agree. I'm taking the Buccaneers and uh look the Bears gotta prove it to me a little bit. They gotta they gotta prove it. And I, I just I think there's too many questions with this team right now. And, and I think they are in good position though. Like if they you know say they are terrible and they, they win three games and they, they're picking in the top five. Well they also get the Panthers pick from the trade so they could potentially the Panthers are bad have two top five picks they can move on from Justin Fields get their quarterback of the future draft a you know big time you know Marvin Harrison Jr. or something I mean who knows so you know I think they could be in a good position going forward the grind pulls he's not going anywhere but you got a question if Matt Eberflus is, is the guy and is Justin Fields the guy I think I think it's still yet to be seen with this team yeah this is a big big year for Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus and not off to a good start. And I think what I was most disappointed in that game was it's not really the defense. Obviously, the defense, we know their defense is one of the worst in the league. And we know that their defense is going to give up points. But man, it just didn't, it seemed like 
Eberflus didn't like trust Justin Fields to air the ball downfield. Like they were running the ball so many times when they shouldn't have been running it. And they were passing the ball so many times when they shouldn't have been passing it. Like it, it just seemed like he had no faith in Justin Fields to air it out and, and just like rely on his quarterback to go make plays. And that's why DJ Moore was non-existent in this game. Like he, he did he, like in that game against Packers, he was non-existent because they didn't throw the ball when they needed to throw it. You know, Darnell Moody had, had a nice little touchdown in the corner of the end zone. But other than that, it was all just horrible offensive play calling here and there. You know, they would have a, they would run when they shouldn't run and they would pass when they shouldn't have passed and just really bad play calling. And uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of question marks. So uh, it, doesn't it feel weird though? Doesn't it feel weird to say like that Tampa Bay is going to go to two and O because man, you say that a couple weeks ago, you, you, you don't think this would have been possible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also just how, how matchups play out and you know, I, I don't know the bears, didn't did, were the Bears two and zero last year, and then they lost thirteen straight games or something? Yeah, or, I mean team, teams start weird. You never yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know yeah, I don't know. It's just weird to kind of say that because yeah yeah I don't know, but I mean hey good on you for calling that trap game uh for in in Tampa Bay last week. Yeah, I wish I was brave enough to, to make the pig. I mean now it makes sense, but you know yeah okay <laughs> yeah, but but you know if the, if the Vikings won thirty eight to. Head and Baker threw four picks. You would have looked dumb, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that's a dumb pick. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the beauty of Week One, man. Okay, well, big week for Justin Fields in this Bears, uh, this Bears offense. We'll see if they can get it done. Next game, Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Jaguars. Seventy-eight uh, percent are picking the Chiefs. Uh, they're actually only favored by three in this game. So you know, in the past, it'd probably been bigger, but. Uh, I don't know what Travis Kelsey's status is. You know, Andy Reid was kind of hesitant with, you know, answering the media. He said that Travis is getting better. He's progressing. We'll see how he does the rest of the day and tomorrow. We'll go from there. So there's really no update on if he's going to play or not. The only thing I've heard from Travis Kelsey in the past 24 hours is that he's been hanging out with Taylor Swift low key. So <laughs> I'm hearing more news about that than if he's actually going to be on the football field. Uh, so, hey, man, I hope he's on the field. They're going to need him, man. They're going to really need him uh, because Kadarius Tony. Oh, that was just so frustrating. Just uh, had one of the worst performances. I don't. I don't even want to talk about it because it just makes me mad wanting to talk about it. But Jacksonville, man, Jacksonville didn't look all that great. And I and I get it. It was a division game. They were on the road. Uh, but you're playing a rookie. You're playing a rookie with a new offensive coordinator. A lot of drama with their, you know, GM and and their owner and. Jonathan Taylor, no Jonathan Taylor. They couldn't run the ball. I think they averaged like 1.6 yards per carry in that game. They couldn't run the ball. And Jacksonville still struggled in that game. But, but there's a but here. Calvin Ridley showed some flawlessness in the receiving core. Travis Etienne had a really big touchdown. We got Tanks Bigby showing his power, getting in the end zone. And at the end of the day, when it mattered the most, the Jaguars cover the spread. You know, they say good teams win, great teams cover. And Jacksonville is supposedly supposed to be a pretty great team this year. And they got it done when it mattered, even through all the thick and thin, all the ugliness that happened in that game. They found a way to win and they found a way to cover. So good on them. I was a little concerned and I am still a little concerned about that secondary. I think I think that secondary is really going to hold them back from winning a Super Bowl or, you know, making an AFC championship type game. But it is going to be interesting to see because I look at this Kansas City team and I'm like, no way they can play as bad as last week. And no way that that receiving core is going to have that bad of a week. So I'm going to say it again for the second straight week. It's Travis Kelsey or not. What wide receiver is going to step up for the Kansas City Chiefs? What wide receiver is going to make a big play? 
We saw Rashid Rice get in the end zone, the guy from SMU that they drafted. That was awesome. Other than that, Sky Moore, you got to step up, man. You know, Kadarius Tony, you got to step up. MVS, you got to step up. Uh, Glenho, it's your turn to pick. I'm glad it is because I have no idea who you're going to pick and I have no idea who I'm going to pick. So Kansas City's favorite by three on the road. I was going to say this is a tough game. Oh, man. Kansas City favored by three. I'm a little surprised. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the question. Is Because I could see, you know, MVS is a really good game. Rashi Rice has, has you know, a couple big catches or something, and, and they can, you know, they're able to run the ball. And, you know, I could, I could see them winning this game by 10 points. And, and Mahomes fired up after that week one loss, like just – refusing to go into like Mahomes has not done a lot of losing the last couple of years. I, I wonder if he's just, he and he and Andy Reid are just sitting there together the, all week. Just like, you know, we are not losing this game. We're not, we're not going on to, um, so when in doubt, do you doubt Patrick Mahomes? Uh, you know what? I think the chiefs are going to win this game. I think they're going to win it on the road. I think they're going to have a couple guys bounce back. Again, my pick might change Sunday morning if it's confirmed. No Ty, uh, no Travis Kelsey. I almost said Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> no Travis Kelsey. Um, but you know what? I, I think that I think the Chiefs again. I think they have a little bit of an underrated defense. I like how they played for most of the game. I, I think the Chiefs easily could have won that game against the Lions. You have Tyreek. So you have Travis Kelsey. You have Chris Jones. You know Kadarius Tony doesn't drop the ball right into Brian Branch's hands, the Chiefs could win that game by a touchdown, potentially. I mean, I, I think they're going to bounce back. I, th- I think they're just going to refuse to lose this game. I get it. You can make a case for the Jaguars. I mean, you mentioned the questions in their secondary. I mean, Anthony Richardson looked looked really promising against them. Um, had some good moments there. I'm taking the Chiefs on the road. I, I just think they're going to refuse to lose this game. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be like 26 to 23, but they're going to win. I'm surprised, Glenhill. I honestly thought you were leaning towards uh, Jaguars in this game. I, I really thought you were going to do it, but I think it's just the it's it's in the back of your mind that Travis Kelsey is going to come back. You know, Chris Jones just got his contract, so you know expect him to be back in the lineup. You know, we obviously don't know what type of shape he's in, but I mean, it's kind of like Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa was holding out, and you know he only ended up playing 56 percent of the snaps uh, against the Steelers this past week, and you know he was out there, so. You, you got to imagine that Chris Jones is going to find a way to get out there and I'm expecting him to, and that, and that's huge. If they get him and Travis Kelsey back, this is apparently like they've been hyping this up to be the best defense that Mahomes has had. So uh, Chris Jones obviously impacts that. Now I'm a little, you know, concerned, like I, I wouldn't say concerned, but I, it, it just kind of shocks me. You know, I was looking into the details of Chris Jones's contract and it's a one-year deal worth up to 25 million. And Kansas City has the option to franchise tag him the next year in 2024, which I thought that was kind of crazy because apparently I was hearing some like rumors that he was like, he passed up an opportunity to get 54 million guaranteed over the next two years, but he ends up taking 25 million for one year and the possibility of being franchise tag. Like he's going to want to get paid. Like, I I don't know. Like, like, I don't know if that's like his agent, like just kind of fumble in the bag there. Um, but man, I mean, Kansas city ended up getting the deal done and, you know, maybe, maybe this is just setting up for him to get a huge deal this off season. Maybe that's the case. Maybe, you know, they're giving him a one year insurance deal right now. He's going to play really good. He's going to have another career year and, you know, he's going to hit the the bank this off season. That's what I think, because I don't see a reason why he would 
take like a one year deal with the possibility of getting franchise tag. Like it's, it's almost like you would want to get paid now, but I guess maybe he'll hit the bank this off season because some of these other defensive tackles and these other defensive players are going to get paid. Like Nick Bosa just broke bank. Micah Parsons is going to want to be asking for a lot of money too. So that's also a different stage of his career. He's gotten, he's gotten big contracts before, right? He's, he's, he's a little, it's not like he, you know, this is his first, or he was, he was seeking for his first big deal, right? He's 29 years old now. Yeah, 29. But man, the possibility that he passed up $54 million guaranteed for two years over that? I don't know, yeah. man. Good conversation to have, but it's good to have him back. Yeah, Glenn Hill, I'm, I agree with you. I'm not picking against Mahomes to go 0-2. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be on Jacksonville this week in Jacksonville, especially after watching that receiving performance of the Chiefs. But hey, man, the Chiefs are going to bounce back this week. Just watch it. They're going to do it. Kansas City's going to bounce back this week and they're going to win. Let's go 28 to 24. Kansas City gets it done and they cover. I like it. Next game, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans. Oh gosh. Oh yikes. A little tough one right here. Uh tough one as in I'm not really excited about it. Uh I mean, I guess I guess we'll be able to see the rookie quarterbacks go at it. Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, he didn't he didn't really do much in his week one start. He was playing a good defense on the road. Didn't throw any picks, but also didn't throw any touchdowns. Uh the offense, you know, there was some, you know, sus play calling on the offensive side. Uh they had like a third and one opportunity and they went for a play action pass and he got sacked for like 10 yard loss. And I was like, man, that's like why why not just run it there? So didn't really get a good evaluation on CJ Stroud. I got a better evaluation on Shane Steichen in, in this Colts offense. I thought they played a lot better than they played a lot better than I thought they would. They couldn't run the ball very well, but you know I saw a lot of Jalen Jalen Hurts plays uh, with that Anthony Richardson that play calling, uh, specifically that touchdown run he had. Man, it was kind of exciting to watch this Colts team come out against the Jacksonville team that's really good, and and they played better than I thought they were going to play. So. Got to give them credit in that sense. 71% are picking them in the pick them. The Indianapolis Colts are favored by one on the road. I don't know. Maybe maybe surprising for a little people. Maybe not. You got to pick it. This is your turn. Yeah, it is my turn. Uh, I'm going with the Colts. I'm going with the Colts on the road. I, I got a better evaluation. I got a more comfortable evaluation of Anthony Richardson than I did with CJ Stroud. And I, I understand that this Texans defense is better and it's really physical. And yes, I think the Texans are probably going to end up having a better record. I picked them having a better record than the Colts when it's all said and done. And you got to imagine that the Colts, they're going to be picking in the top, you know, five for the draft this next year. And I'm pulling for that Marvin Harrison Jr. to Indianapolis. I want to see it. Uh, so yes, I should be rooting for the Colts to lose this game. But, uh, you know, it's week two. It's still early on in the season. It's a division game. It can go either way. I think both these two teams will split. You know what? Give me the Colts. Give me the Colts on the road. I got the Colts winning this game. I think they'll they'll find a way to run the football better this week, which they couldn't last week. Anthony Richardson will make some big plays. Yeah, this is going to be a nice little 20-17 to 17 type game in the Colts' favor. Game-winning field goal. Give me it. Does that shock you? No, it doesn't shock me. I mean, gosh, I, I just... I, let's be honest. The Texans' receiving core is terrible. Like, I just don't think this offensive personnel as a whole, it, it's just not very good. And this is interesting because you got you got the, the bright new offensive coach, Shane Steichen, versus the bright new defensive coach, D'Amico Ryans, both of which I have really high hopes for. I think both teams got the right guy to lead their franchises. You know, and, and Steichen, what's cool with him is is he's not 
if Richardson doesn't pan out, I don't think it'll necessarily be his fault because I think Richardson had a lot of bust factor going into this draft. I mean, I mean, it was a big swing. It's not like he's taking some sure thing. And, and you know, so, uh, you know, here I am talking about pressure again. Um, <laughs> so, uh, this is tough. On the road, who's going to run the ball better? That's my question. Who, who's going to have the better? Is it going to be Damian Pierce? Is he going to be able to run the ball? Are the Colts going to get a run game? I don't know who the running back is. Who runs the ball for the Colts right now? I think Anthony Jake, Richardson Jake, was the leading rusher. I think, yeah, I think he was the, uh, hold on, I'm going to get it. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Deion Jackson, bro. Deion Jackson had 13 carries, <laughs> 13 carries for 14 yards. And then Jake Funk had... Jake Funk had two carries for 10 yards, and then Anthony Richardson had 10 carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. Oh, man. I I don't know who to pick. All right. You know what? I'm going to make it quick because I don't want to. I'm going, uh, I'm going, I'm going Steichen in the Colts. I agree with you. I think he's got, I think Michael Pittman's going to have another good game. But again, this, this receiving core, both these teams on the offensive side, just very limited. Both rookie quarterbacks. I want to see which rookie quarterback plays better. I'm interested to see. Um, Texans have a good defense, but you know what? I think the Jaguars have a pretty good defense too. And and Anthony Richardson was able to make some things happen. So I, I'm feeling a little bit better about Steichen and the Colts. So I think yeah. they win. I'm going to go uh, 19 to 17. Dang, bro. Have we disagreed one time in this podcast? I don't think we have yet. Um, No, I thought... Thought for a second we disagreed on the last pick. I was going back to check, but we did not. No, dang man, I know you. I know that hates you. I know you wanted me to pick the Texans in that one. We're gonna have a disagreement here in a second. I know what's gonna happen, but maybe, probably not this one. <laughs> Definitely not this one. It's your pick, Gladhell. 49ers, Rams, ninety-five percent in favor of the 49ers. Uh, what do you think the spread in this game is? Niners by. I feel like some Rams money's been coming in. I'm going to say it's uh, six and a half. Eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, In LA. Yeah. Credit to Sean McVay. And and I picked, or I I made a claim for uh, Puka Nakua, whatever (laughs) his name is. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce his. I I don't know. But he 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 had some nice plays. Who else is catching the ball? Oh, um, Tutu Atwell was making some plays. Van Jefferson. Um, yeah. So, you know what? Matthew Stafford, look, Matthew Stafford is healthy and he is on. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, there's, you know, there's some injury injury questions. There's a little, you know, boom bust with him where he'll have games where he throws three interceptions and doesn't look like he sees the field. And you're like, what the heck is going on with Matthew Stafford? But, he man, he can he can fire the ball around. He he's got a great arm, and, and maybe maybe the Rams have been fired up all off season. Like you know, everybody nobody's talking about us. Everybody's saying that we're going to be sellers and we're going to win three games. And yeah, maybe that fired these guys up, and and they were ready to go. But I think the I think I think this offense comes back to earth a little bit this week. I, I think just <laughs> this pass rush is going to get to them. I think this offensive line. Going to take a little bit of a step back this week, and I don't know. I, I don't think the receiving core is going to have a great week. I, I hope Tyler Higby has another really good game for my my fantasy team. 
But um, yeah, I can't bet against the Niners right now. And uh, I'll leave it at that. I think Brock Purdy, he's been getting it done, man. Great week in Pittsburgh. Uh, I know you mentioned last week he was going. You know, he thought he he would struggle in, his, in one of one of his first big road games on the road in Pittsburgh. Tough place to play. You know, Mike Tomlin coaching up that defense, but man made some great throws. And, and obviously, he's got a great you know supporting infrastructure with Shanahan and this run game and, and the receivers. But man got it done. So um, yeah, I'm taking the Niners. I, I actually think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be 31 to 17. San Francisco, I owe you guys an apology. I wasn't really familiar with y'all's game. Actually, I was familiar with y'all's game, obviously, but I, I was really confident in that pick, man. I was confident in that Steelers pick. I thought it was going to go my way, or our way, I should say, because I know you and Preston picked them too. But man, dude, that was... I was wrong. Kenny Pickett got wrecked. Their defense was all over them. Matt Canada had some sus play calling and... CMC went off. I mean, what can I say? And Purdy, Purdy just had a perfect game, man. Like, I don't even know if it was so much a bad Steelers, but just like really great Niners. Like, they're just such a well-coached team. Just when I think Brock Purdy's going to, you know, have a bad game, he doesn't. He finds a way to get it done. He's he's a lot more athletic than I thought, uh, the way he moves and the way he runs. And man, he just, he he's a really good decision maker. So Kyle Shannon just finds those guys. I don't know how he does it. He just finds a way to, to do it. But I mean, obviously, I'm picking the Niners. I think this is going to be. I, I agree with you, 31 to 17. Now, I'll go. I'll match your score. But the 49ers, man, they. I think they got to be the favorites right now out of the NFC. Just the way that they're looking, uh, and you look at how last year went, and and now you 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 know you add Javon Hargrave to that defense, and he made some really big plays against the Steelers. You know, add him from the Eagles. Their defense is arguably the best in the league. I think it's you know it's either them or the Cowboys. You know, I. I got to, you know, they're scary, man. They're, they're a really well-coached team. And, you know, especially if Philly ends up kind of, you know, taking a step back this year, or it takes some time for them to gel. The 49ers, that team to beat in the NFC. So yeah, they, they looked really good. Now got to give some credit to the Rams. I think Sean McVay had his best coaching job of the week. Him and Matthew Stafford were just so dialed in that game. And, you know, there were so many beautiful third down calls that they had. Uh, you were mentioning some of the receivers, you know, uh, <laughs> what's his name uh you uh puka nuka <laughs> puka nuka i've never even heard of this dude man uh nakua. yeah puka, puka nakua never even heard of him until uh last week he made some big plays tutu atwell made some big plays uh van jefferson had a couple nice catches uh and then they they had some they had a decent running game with kyron williams you know he had two touchdowns uh didn't have anything you know crazy only had like 52 rushing yards but he had a couple touchdowns uh, Matthew Stafford was just so locked in. That's the most locked in I've ever seen him, uh, you know, since that Super Bowl run. And, you know, got to give credit to the defense coordinator too. Raheem Morris, he he dialed up some really great blitzes uh, at Geno Smith and he made him uncomfortable. So really good coaching job by this Rams team. They deserve a lot of praise for that game. I did not think they would win it, but they're going to come back to reality in this game. The 49ers are just way better than them. This is a blowout, 31 to 17. I'll match it. Next game. Well, I wish Preston was here to say it, Gledhill, but we all know this is the AIDS game of the week. If you disagree, let me know. But Giants and Cardinals, we think are we on the same page here? I'm like, you know what? It's either that or Commanders Broncos. But at least with the Broncos, there's like uh, you know, a little bit of an interesting, you know, like, okay, week two, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. I don't know, man. I we'll talk about the Broncos later. We'll, okay. Yeah, I, I can I can agree. I, I don't know. I think the Giants, 
look, they're they have some talents on this team. I think they have a good coaching staff. I, I'm not going to change my opinion. I guess we're on the Giants now, so so I'll talk about it. Look, Daniel Jones. That I'll just start off. That was embarrassing. That was an embarrassing game for this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I expected a little bit more. I mean, you know, I think the talk this whole offseason is... Oh, a is little bit more. I expected a lot more. They got shut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look. I think this game, they just fell behind early. I mean, they had a really good first drive. There, and it wasn't Daniel Jones picking apart the Dallas defense down the field. It was running the ball. It was Saquon. It was Daniel Jones with a couple runs. I think he rushed for like 25, 30 yards on that first drive. They marched down the field. We're set up to you know get on the board to start the game, and then the Cowboys just set the tone early on with that blocked field goal, ran it all the way back. You know Noah Igbenogany picked it up and ran it all the way back. Recent pickup from the from the Dolphins. I, I just think they fell behind early. Their offense just had no chance. Their offensive line got bullied. The receiving core didn't have a chance. Saquon didn't really have a chance. Daniel Jones certainly wasn't going to take over the game when they fell behind. His ability as a runner was was certainly taken away too. So I think the Giants are much better than that performance. I just think it was a terrible matchup for them and they fell behind and and just lost it. So I think they're going to bounce back this week. I'd like to see their offense be a little bit more balanced. I think Daniel Jones is going to be a little bit more comfortable. I think the two games that he played the absolute best last year were those Vikings games where You saw, okay, wasn't pressured, had a run game. Receivers were getting open. He wasn't having to, you know, force any passes or take over the game. He was able to manage it effectively. But with Daniel Jones, there's there's clear limits. And, you know, we'll see. Does he he take a step forward this year? I mean, there's 16 games left to be played. So we will see. But uh, it's obviously not the way you'd want to start. But again, really good coach. They get bullied. He's pissed off. The team's pissed off. Everybody's fired up. I, I like the Giants to bounce back this week. They're five and a half point favorites in Arizona. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know who's going to cover. It's hard to pick because it's like, how do you bounce back from a loss that humiliating too? I just don't think that loss is truly indicative of the, the team that they have. I, I think they are, the Cowboys are certainly the better team. I mean, nobody's disputing that, but. I just think that was a terrible matchup for this offense. Um, I, I think anytime they go up against a dominating defense, they're they're not going to have a chance. This team's clearly limited. They're not going to, you know. But you play a Vikings, right? You play a team with a bad defense. You know, Daniel Jones has a has a chance. You know, I mean, the Cowboys had the swagger of like we're going to dominate you, and they, and they did. They set the tone that with that block field goal, and after that, every single drive just looked awful for the Giants. So I think they'll bounce back though. I think Daniel Jones will have a better week. I'm still keeping him as my starter in fantasy. I, I thought about switching it up to Jordan Love, but we'll, we'll ride it out with one more week with Daniel Jones. But if he looks terrible against the Cardinals, it's over. It's done. This is his week. This is prove it week to me. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Giants twenty six to twenty. I agree with you. That loss, and I, I know it's you know easier said than done, but like a loss like that, you think that team just sucks. Cowboys beat up on an inferior team, but I really don't think the Giants are that bad. The Giants had an improving year last year and they improved the roster this offseason. So honestly, us blowing them out that bad shocked me. Not because I don't think we're good, but I know they're not that bad. And 
it's one of those bad vibe type of games where one thing happens and another thing happens is the domino effect. It's like when you play Madden and you're playing, you know, against a user, you're playing against the CPU and you make one bad mistake. And that one bad mistake just impacts the rest of the game. And you just start playing like crap, like, and Madden start, you know, the Madden cheese starts happening and they let you know, Hey, it's not your night. You can try again the next game, but this game, you're not winning. Like, we're going to let you know you're not winning. And that's exactly what happened. There was bad vibes. The first drive of the game, the giants were rolling down the field, but Daniel Jones wasn't passing. They were running it. They were doing a lot of, you know, read options, uh, you know, running it with Saquon and they were driving down the field. And it, all it took was one bad vibe play. And it was that blocked field goal, return for a touchdown. After that, the defense got confidence. We gained all the momentum. And the Giants really never got it back. So I just think it's one of those things where like, hey, man, like the bad vibe set in tone. It was a bad weather game. The offensive line literally gave Daniel Jones absolutely zero chance. There was no shot they were going to win that game after it went bad. Like their best chance of winning that game was scoring on that first drive and they couldn't do it. So they got shut out. It happens. They got punched in the mouth. But even me as a Cowboys fan who enjoyed it, who loved watching it, I know they're not that bad. And I was trying to tell my friend there who's a diehard Giants fan. I was like, dude, you guys, I know you guys are not that bad. Like, I promise you, I have seen some pretty bad Giants teams in my life with Eli Manning and a horrible O-line and some of the worst defenses, this is not them anymore. They have a way better coach. They have a way better defense coordinator. They have a young defense. You know, they, they drafted Deontay Banks, who I thought was their best player in the secondary last game. Um, he's a promising guy. And he made some good plays. And Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, he had a quiet game, but unfortunate things that happened to him, it was just bad vibes. It's bad vibes. Shake it off. You guys are going to be okay. I, I don't think you guys are going to make the playoffs, maybe. And I think you guys might go 8-9 and nine this year, but... Like you look at that team, Gladhill, and you think, okay, Cowboys just beat a team that was like four and twelve, like four and thirteen, right? But th- that's not the Giants. The Giants are not that bad, and I would be very shocked if they don't bounce back and beat a, an, an Arizona team. Look, I know Arizona played really competitive against that the, the Commanders, but I think the Commanders are still figuring a lot of things out offensively with Sam Howell, and uh, I, I think the Commanders are easily the worst team in that division. I think. Cardinals are bad. They're, they're, they're just bad. They're, they're an inferior roster. I'm not picking Josh Dobbs. I'm sorry. I'm just not doing it. So I don't care how embarrassing that game got. Giants win this game. And uh, I, I think they, they win it. And, you know, pretty boring one, honestly. I'm going to say the Giants win 21 to like 14. They won by like a touchdown. Uh, but Giants need this win. Next game, Commanders and Broncos. Uh, Gledhill, I don't really have too much to say about this one. It is my pick. in favor of the Commanders. Maybe this pick would have been harder a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, but after seeing how Sam Howe gelled against the inferior pass rush, how is he going to gel against a better pass rush? I don't think it's going to work out very well. Broncos are at home. It's hard to win a mile high. Uh, All it takes is a couple Sam Howe turnovers. I like the Broncos in this game. I like Sean Payton getting his first win, and I like Russell Wilson having a solid game. So I'm going to say the Broncos win. And another low-scoring effort, 17-13 type game, Broncos get it done. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, I, I'm not going to say too much about this game. I, I just, I don't see, I don't know Preston's high on, the, high, on the, um, high on the Broncos. I don't really see it. I, I, I don't know. think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are that great of a fit for each other. I mean, Sean Payton's a great offensive coach, but Russell Wilson is is a vi- much different quarterback than Drew Brees. I, I You know, Drew Brees could, could absolutely pick you apart from the pocket was a great accurate throw of the football 
I just don't know if the, the accuracy is there with Russell Wilson anymore. And and I don't think as a consistent in the pocket throw of the football, I, I mean, they tried that last year with Hackett. Now I get it. Nathaniel Hackett's not Sean Payton. He's not experienced as a head coach, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't know. Even, even with improved coaching, I, I just don't think this is the quarterback type that fits Sean Payton. And you could argue like Sean Payton was able to win games with a lot of different quarterback types. I think, you know, Taysom Hill, he won some games with Taysom Hill, won some games with James Winston. He won games with, with quarterbacks a lot, you know, much inferior to Drew Brees, but something feels a little off about the situation. You know, I could just kind of sense that the whole preseason, I, I just don't see this team winning 12 games or, or even 10 games and, and, making the postseason. I don't know. And then and then what's gonna happen with Russell Wilson? Is is he washed? Is he I mean it remains to be seen, but I, I I'm not I would absolutely bet against this thing working out as opposed to the Broncos becoming some really good, you know, eleven win team that's you know <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I do think they're gonna win this week though. I just don't think the offensive personnel as well is that great. I I, I mean Mike McGlinchey just got crushed by Max Crosby. I think you question, you know, the receiving core still. Uh, I think there's there's just a ton of questions here in the division they play in. I mean, it's it's hard. You can't beat the Raiders at home. Who are you going to beat in this division? We'll see. But uh, I'll, I'll take the Broncos. Ugly game, 20 to 14. They're three and a half point favorites at home, by the way. Yeah. So that seems about right. Yeah. Uh, okay. We got a Sunday night football. I'm kind of excited for this one. You got a little Miami versus New England action in New England. 90% are picking the Dolphins. Uh, wow. Do- a lot of people are high on the Dolphins, and, I mean, rightfully so. They Tua balled out last week. Uh, the spread in this game, Miami's two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Leto, it's your turn. I'm glad it's your turn again because you're picking the hard ones right now. So, you know, Dolphins coming off a big win. Patriots coming off a, a good loss. Who gets it done? Sunday Night Football in New England. Ooh. Um... I'd like to think the Patriots could pull off an upset at home. All I know is Bill Belichick's going to have an, a better answer for Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's for sure. This might be our first disagreement. I'm going to go upset here. I'm taking the Patriots at home. I, I think the Dolphins come back to earth a little bit. I think Belichick's going to have a good plan to stop this offense. Again, I don't love their receiving core either. Mac Jones looked better. I think the Bron- I think Dolphins defense, I, I think he'll, he'll have some success. And it's it's in New England. I, I think th- these divisional games are weird. I think everybody's high on the on the Dolphins going into this week, but I think I think the Patriots will, will get a much better pass rush than the Chargers did. I think they'll get after two a little bit more, and I think they'll they'll find a way to neutralize Tyreek a little bit. I'm not saying you might still have 80 yards, 100 yards, and so you know do what he does, but. They're not giving up 150 yards to Tyreek this week. Um, watch, it's going to happen. They're going to give up like 160, and I'm going to look like a, a fool. But I'm, I'm I'm going upset. I think the Patriots are going to win this game at home. This is one of those weird division games where I think the Patriots steal one here. So I'm going to go 27 to 26. So some interesting things to talk about in this game. Tua is 4-0 in his career against Bill Belichick, and... New England has not had an 0-2 start since 2001. That's the last year of Bledsoe. Yeah, so that's some some interesting things to note right there. And it's in New England. They played really great last week. You would think that after Miami just having such a big win, 
a win where they absolutely carved up the Chargers secondary. Uh, you, you can't expect that to happen this time because they're playing a much better defense, much better defensive personnel, uh, much better coach defense, I think. And Tyreek Hill, I mean, he's on a mission, but he's not going to have 11 catches for 215 again. That's just not going to happen on this defense. Uh, if he does, man, we might be getting a 2,000-yard Tyreek Hill season at that rate because holy crap. But no, this is, this is an exciting game uh, on Sunday Night Football because it, it seems like the Dolphins have had the Patriots number recently. Um, and the Patriots kind of showed us in that Eagles game that, hey, like, we're going to be a lot better than people think this year uh, based on how, you know, we call plays, how we, you know, play at home and how Mac Jones looks. Mac, Mac Jones looked a lot better in that game than he ever looked last year with Matt Patricia calling the plays. So I'm excited for this one. I could see an upset. And, you know, I got to give a lot of credit for Tua. I mean, Tua's continued. I think to prove the naysayer wrong because when this dude's been healthy, he's put up really good quarterback performances and, you know, he's had really good QBRs. He's had thrown a lot of yards, you know, 400, 500 yards a game. Like he really puts on a show and, you know, you can say, you know, people that don't watch the game, they're going to look at that stat line. They're going to be like, Oh, well, it's really easy to have that stat line when you have Tyree kill and, you know, Jalen water, you can just throw it down to every time. But if you actually watch the game, he was making throws to like guys like Braxton Berrios over the middle. Like he was making hard effort throws that he wouldn't make, you know, two or three years ago. So yes, there's concerns with the the Dolphins to if he's not healthy, this Dolphins team doesn't have any chance. And like I said, outside of Teron Armstead, who didn't play in week one, like their offensive line is sus and their defense without Jalen Ramsey. How's it going to look? So uh, I liked some some of the plays that they made on defense. I thought Jalen Phillips had a really good game. And overall, I think, you know, the run game looked pretty decent with Mostert. This Dolphins team, when when two is on the field, they 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 are very explosive. And I think that's gonna that's gonna be the difference in this game. Even on New England, I think New England, they're gonna contain Tua and they're gonna contain this Dolphins offense, but Tyreek Hill is gonna find his way. Jalen Waddle is gonna find his way. And I think they're just a little bit too fast for this Patriots defense. So I like a 27 to 24 type game in favor of the Dolphins on the road, tough game on the road, but this is not going to be one of those games where Miami goes in there and they throw like, you know, 500 yards on this Patriots defense. I think this, I think there'll be a lot harder to score Tua will make more mistakes. Uh, but I do like how Miami has favored over new England these past few years, even if new England is going to be a little better this year. So you're taking upset. I'm playing it safe here. I got the Dolphins winning at, on the road. They go to 2-0, 27-24. Next game, New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, 98% in favor of the Saints. This is a Monday night doubleheader, by the way. So we have this one at 6-15, and then we have the uh, Steelers and the Browns. I don't, um, love, I don't love either of these games. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. I guess that's just the way it goes. Okay, so Saints are favored by three points on the road. It's my pick. I'm, I'm going to go Saints. I'm going to play it safe here. Uh, you know, if the Panthers were going to beat the Saints, I think this would be the game to do it. It's a, it's a game the Saints should win. Yeah, it's a game the, sh the Saints should win. Looked a little off early on in that game, but got it done when it mattered. Rashid Shahid made, made, had a big touchdown at the end of that game. You know, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, he's healthy right now. Uh, still got Jamal Williams in the backfield until Alvin Kamara gets back. 
like their defense a little bit better right now. Panthers still have an underrated defense. I, I need to check the status on JC Horn. He he kind of hurt his hamstring last week, and that's a big loss for them uh, if he's out. But I'm going to take the Saints on the road. It's a tough division game. The Panthers could win this game, no doubt about it. Uh, and I think the Panthers will keep it close. But the Saints, like like you said, Glow, this is a game they should win. So I'm going to take the Saints, uh, three-point favorites. I'll say 24-21. It's a, around the spread. Saints get it done. Who do you got? Yeah, I like talking about pressure. We know where the pressure is. The pressure's on the Saints. You know, you got the veteran quarterback. You got a coach that, you know, Dennis Allen, we have some questions about, you know, whether he should be a head coach or not. This is a team that is talented enough to win their division. They are probably the most experienced roster in their division. Uh, You know, certainly have the most experienced quarterback. So, I don't think there's a ton of excuses for this uh, the Saints team. They they got to win games like this, even on the road. And yeah, I mean, you, you kind of went through the offensive personnel there. I just think there's there's so many options on this team offensively. Uh, I like their offensive line too. Yeah, I think I think they'll win on the road. But but again again, they need to win this game. The Panthers are an inferior opponent, and you know they they should get it done. So uh, I'm going to go Saints twenty four to. 23. I think they'll barely get it done. Brown Steelers, another game you don't like. It's your pick, Gledhill. Two and a half point favorites for Cleveland. I mean, I would imagine they were going to favor them after that last week. So, uh, what do you think? Steelers bounce back or or Browns get it done? I'm betting on the Steelers, man. I think they're going to bounce back. I think Kenny Pickett scares me a little bit right now. I I just don't, again, I don't know if he has the right infrastructure around him. I mean, the receiving core is good, not great. It's decent. I think maybe we maybe overrated it a little bit going into this year. You know how good George Pickens was going to be. Again, we'll, we'll see. You know, with, with time, but again, decent receiving core. Offensive line's not great, or at least didn't look very good th- this past week. You know, run game not all that consistent. Matt Canada still calling the plays. A lot of questions there. I don't know. I, I think I think kenny pickett you don't really get all this upside with him like he's not going to become this josh allen type of player where he's just whipping the ball down the field i think he's pretty limited as a as a passer and he's not a great athlete by any means he's not a josh allen lamar jackson type of athlete yeah where he's going to beat you you know with physicality or speed or anything like that so i don't know i think a lot has to line up for kenny pickett and i'm not sure if it is right now so that makes me want to pick the browns although well-coached team getting embarrassed at home to start the season. I, I, I like to just think, I like to think they're going to bounce back. Let's go. Let's go Steelers at home. 17 to 14. <laughs> it's going to be ugly. So Browns are trying to seek their first 2-0 start in the post-1999 expansion era, Monday night in Pittsburgh. The last time the franchise started 2-0, 1993, and they ended up 3-0 that season too uh, when they, when they, after they went 2-0. Mike Tomlin said, in order to beat this team, you got to stop Nick Chubb. So we'll see if they uh, have a game plan to stop the run game. TJ Watt had a really good game, even though they were getting blown out, all things considered. Uh, So, Glenn Hill, I'm probably going to end up regretting this, but I'm picking the Steelers at home. I'm not confident in it, especially since the Steelers kind of got banged up. I don't think Deontay Johnson or Cam Hayward is going to be available in this game. But I'm hoping that their defense, uh, you know, playing the Browns, who their offense isn't as good as the 49ers overall. So division game, give me the Steelers, man. I'm, I, I, like I said, I, 
I'm probably going to regret it, but I have to pick an upset this week. So this is this is my upset for the week. I'm going to take the Steelers again. I picked the Steelers last time an upset. It didn't work out. Hopefully it works out for me this time. I got the, the Steelers winning. Yeah, 24-23. We got one more game, Gledhill. The Jets and the Cowboys. Dallas is eight and a half point favorites. I imagine that probably changed a lot after Aaron Rodgers was, uh, you know, ended up tearing his Achilles. Man, uh, we kind of got robbed of a great game, possibly, you know? I, I mean, this could still be a great game. I think this could be a low-scoring defensive game. But, man, Aaron Rodgers, you know, going up against this Cowboys defense, it would have been really exciting to watch. Um, and unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get that. So, I, I know you're going to pick the Cowboys, but how do you think this game goes without Aaron Rodgers? Oh, um, I mean, they, the, the Jets got to get the run game going with Brees Hall. I mean, that's it. I think they got to set the tone early. And again, let's say they eat up six minutes off the clock early in the game, just running down the field, just just little jabs, little short bursts with Brees Hall, mixing in a couple throws here and there, like short, you know, comeback routes, out routes, you know, slants. Zach Wilson just throwing nothing crazy, but you know they're they're mixing it up a little bit. But if the if the Jets have a couple three and outs early on, and they're just not getting anything going, and they're very predictable. And they're getting sacked. Yeah, exactly. I could see this one being a blowout just like the Giants game was. So I think the Jets, they know what they need to do to get the, you know, to set the tone early on. But I think the Cowboys also know what the Jets need to do. And Dan Quinn's going to be ready for it. And this defense is going to be ready for it. So I, I just can't pick the Jets in this one. I, I think they're going to. I, I think they're going to rally around, you know, Aaron Rodgers not playing. I think I think this team. I I, I love Robert Sala. I think they're going to they're going to be ready to go. I, I think I think Sunday night showed me everything you need to know about that team. You know, and and where their heads are. Or sorry, Monday night. I, I think that game. You know, showed you know showed us every everything we need to know about about where this team's going to be mentally. You know, but but it also it's one thing to respond in the moment, kind of fight or flight, like let's win this game. But it's another thing to kind of be sitting on this all week and have it hit you. Yeah, this quarterback that is a first ballot Hall of Famer that, you know, was going to take our team to another level. He's still there in terms of like he'll he'll be part of the team and everything and, and be, you know, but he's not on the field anymore. And I, I just don't know, you know, still a relatively young head coach. Is, is it possible that, you know, they've been sitting on this all week and they're going to come out a little flat? Again, I don't think so. I don't have a lot of doubt about that because I, I, I believe in Robert Sala and I, I think he's going to have, you know, these, these guys can be fired up. But we'll see. I mean, I'll know. I'll, I want to hear your take, but I, I'll know probably six or seven minutes into this game how this thing's going to play out. Like, I mean, they're going to be really nervous because the Jets just have a good plan offensively and they're kind of just jabbing us down the field. And maybe we have a couple early three and outs versus their defense, which is really, really good, clearly. Or maybe we have a couple early turnovers. I mean, who knows? So I think you'll know pretty early on. Yeah, we're in for a fight or we got this. Like, yeah. And we knew early on in that Giants game, like they don't have a chance. It's over. Like when it was 16, nothing. And I did not have any thought in the world that, no, Daniel Jones can bring this team back. Yeah, Yeah, he can do it. And I'm gonna have the same feeling. If if we're up ten nothing, I'm not gonna have any faith that oh yeah, Zach Wilson can take him 85 yards down the field and lead a touchdown. Like, it, no. So, but but I, I'm gonna take the Cowboys at home. Again, would have loved to see Rodgers in this matchup, man. It, it, just devastated. But yeah, Cowboys are gonna get it done. 
I don't know. I think it'll be a little lower scoring than we think. I think it'll be like 22 to 13. <laughs> so I guess my take on it, Glad Hill, is, uh, you know, if you think I'm going to come out here and, you know, just bash the Jets and say, oh, we're going to kill Zach Wilson and, you know, this game isn't going to be close, you're wrong because uh, I respect the Jets. And I, I think, uh, you know, this was actually a loss. I, I actually marked this as a loss on our calendar, you know, when I was going through the schedule. And I was I was thinking, yeah, we're going to start one and one, and then you know probably lose that 49ers game week five. But it turns out I think I think you know without Rogers that that completely changes my pick. But it doesn't make me disrespect the Jets because I do think that the three best defenses in the NFL are the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Jets. Those are the three best defenses in the league. So we're getting number two versus number three right here, in my opinion, and that makes for you know a really good challenge for our offense because I don't think we got a really good evaluation of our offense in that Giants game. You know, the Giant, we were blowing them out. We we didn't have to do anything offensively. And, you know, I thought we had some really good creative play calls, but the the good plays that I thought we had by then the game was either already over or the plays were missed opportunities because it was raining and it was wet. So, you know, Ferguson had a couple drops, uh, you know, just, just a couple, you know, overthrows in the end zone by Dak because of the weather. So we're going to get a better evaluation of this Cowboys offense this game. And that's what I'm really going to be looking at. And I think you said it well, the Jets won't have any chance of winning this game. They're going to have to get the run game going early Um, because if they don't, I honestly think they have no chance of beating us because I think Zach, I'm not going to trust Zach Wilson to beat us with his arms. I'm not disrespecting them. I think if they can, you know, give our offense problems, which I think they will, but eventually, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to score enough points. So eventually our offense is going to be able to, you know, get some drives here and there. Unless Dak just has like a Josh Allen type game, like on Monday night and just makes careless decisions, then I don't see how the Jets win this game. I really don't. I think the Cowboys defense is a lot more faster than the Bills defense is. Uh, They're going to make Zach Wilson more uncomfortable in situations. And I think he's going to make more mistakes than Dak when it's all said and done. So it, it put it poses a challenge. You know, we're not going to go out there and blow them out because they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if we go out there and beat them by multiple scores, it's going to be because they can't score. And eventually they got tired and we, you know, got a couple good drives in. It's not going to be, they don't have their quarterback. They can't score. So we just, you know, completely destroy their defense. I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm expecting this to be like a 24 to 10 type game, 24 to 13 type game that the Cowboys win, but you know, I, th- I think the Jets defense will get a couple good sacks. Maybe they'll get a, you know, a pick or two on Dak. But I think we're going to get a better evaluation how this offense looks. I like the way Mike McCarthy called some of these plays. It wasn't like Kellen Moore-esque stuff. But like I said, we just didn't get a good enough valuation. So I'm going to take the Cowboys at home, 24-13. to 13. And yeah, it's just unfortunate that we're not getting Aaron Rodgers in this game. So that's all I got. Gledhill, thanks for joining me, man going to be some a good another good week of football got college football week three got nfl week two thank you for joining us this week we'll get pressing back on next week and go ahead i'll catch you next week man have a good one yes sir